0: Well, we're joined right now by our vet, Dr. David Tambert. Hello and welcome along. Hello, Dr. Dave Cochran. Hey, how, how, how are you? The way you looked at me, I thought I'd said the wrong name from over there. My brain's going, hang on a second. Oh. I
1: introduced the wrong person. <laughs> oh, it looks really odd. Sometimes I forget who I am. <laughs> Denny Boz is back. Hello.
0: Hey, Dave. How I'm, are you? I'm
2: fantastic, thank you. Very excited to be back and lots of things to look forward to. Yeah. You've got a special guest for us to talk to today? Well, we're back into the snake season. Yeah, you know, coming into spring and summer, and yeah. so we're going to talk to our reptile expert, who is uh, Tammy, Tammy Basley, right. and she'll talk to us about what can we look out for in our yards for snakes, how to protect our yards and dogs from, from snakes. And Great so idea, forth. because yeah. it's
0: starting to
1: warm up, that's for sure. And David, you've got a topic for us today.
2: Well, I thought I'd, if I if I get a chance,
1: just to finish off what we were chatting on last week about the health standards uh, for practice visits for uh, your pets and also um oh yeah i'll back up the snake story i think that's fantastic because we've got a few little tips as well
0: that's great that's all coming your way between now and one o'clock it's pet chat you can give us a call if you like we love your input too we'll be taking your calls on 49216216 at 2 in your rfm 103.7 it is Pet Chat. We continue now, and we've got Denny Bos with us, and a very special guest, Denny. We
2: do. So uh, we've got Tammy joining us on the show, Tammy Basley, who's a resident reptile expert. Hi, Tammy. How are good going. Good, thank you. How are you? Good, thanks. So now you're the president of SoFar, which is the no, sorry, secretary of SoFar, which no, is I'm the president s- now. President now, it's changed, So I was right by, by default. The coup. I
3: needed a change. <laughs>
2: And coming into summertime, you guys get lots of calls in regards to uh, people who see snakes in their yard. So I thought it's time to talk about uh, the issue with snakes come spring, summer, because they are coming out. Um, And and let's learn what we can do if we do find snakes in the backyard and how do we protect ourselves. So I guess my first question is, are they out and about at the moment?
3: They are. They're still coming out, so there's probably not as many as you will see sort of later in the year, but um, yes, there's definitely snakes and your lizards are starting to come out of hibernation now, starting to look for food and, and mates and so on, so you will start seeing them active and sort of crawling around everywhere.
2: Is it true, like with snakes, for example, while they can be out in the daylight, um generally during the daylight hours they'll be on a rock trying to keep warm trying to get the sun on them but it's actually in the night that they're a lot more active
3: most of your snakes yeah most of the time you'll see them out of the day just to warm up because they're cold-blooded they've got to have the sun to warm up so it's a way to sort of regulate their body basically so then of a night they're they're a lot warmer they're a lot you know more active it's easier for them to sort of get the energy and and go looking for food basically
2: so if we do see a snake in our backyard, what can we do about it?
3: Your best bet is try to leave it, that would be your first thing, you know, especially if it's at a distance um, Snakes are pretty blind, you know, a yeah. metres away, they can't really see you So if it is at a distance, most cases it's probably just passing through your yard So you leave it, it will leave you basically If you've got no choice, if it's right near your doors or it's sort of threatening your pets or or yourself, obviously, there is a few options. There are businesses out there that are legally allowed to come and and catch and release so They'll come and collect it from your premises and move it sort of elsewhere where it's not going to threaten people in their yards. Um, But, yeah, the best option, if you can, try to leave them be and and just let them move on themselves.
2: What if... um what can you do to prevent the snakes from coming in your yard in the first place?
3: The best thing you can do is obviously keep your grass nicely mowed. Um, try not to have, men, you know, like any excess bricks and and timber and all that sort of stuff, tires, all that sort of thing. It does a couple of things. It's protection for the snakes. So. Mm-hmm. Snakes do like the protection. They don't like being out in the open. There's too many birds and stuff that can swoop on them and, and have them for dinner. So in most cases, if you can keep your yard reasonably clean, there's no hiding spots for your snakes, so they're not feeling protected and, and really happy in that area. But it's also the the rodents and stuff that the snakes eat like all them hidey spots as well. Mm. So they will tend to come to your yard and that's, in most cases, that's what will encourage the snakes is because they know there is food around that at those areas and there's protection for them as well.
2: I know they also come come around if there's a bit of a a watering hole or a a pond or something like that in the yard, don't they? Yep,
3: they do quite often. Again, because they know there is food around, normally the food comes to water and it's also so they can have a drink. You know, they need the drink as well to survive. So, it, it again, it, it comes back to their food's going to be there, but it's also for a benefit for them as well.
2: If if one of your pets sees a snake, you've got a, a backyard you've got a couple of dogs or a cat, and they see a snake and they go for it, what do you recommend in that regard?
3: If your pet isn't near the animal, try to get the, the pet away, obviously. Mm-hmm. Don't sort of just ignore it and let it go to the the snake but if your pets are sort of you know starting to have a go at the snake and really sort of hassling the snake your best bet is to leave the animal because their instincts will kick in and yes they can get bitten but there's a greater chance of them being bitten if you distract them so if you call Mm -hmm. your animal as it's trying to protect itself and protect you obviously um it there's more likely a chance that you're going to get your pet bitten whereas a lot of cases if the animal isn't distracted and will just fight the snake it will often get away without being bitten mm. so yeah if you can try i mean obviously keep your eyes on it but keep it a safe dif- distance yourself but try not to distract that animal why it is having a go at the snake because that can be more dangerous for your pet if
2: I, I guess you mentioned that snakes are fairly blind so they don't see you know, far away really mm-hmm. well yep. um, But what they do have is the sense of, of of vibration, don't they? Yes, yep, they sure yeah. do yep. uh, So w- with that kind of sense What happens, I guess, can they chase after you if you start running?
3: They don't tend to It's a bit of a myth that snakes will chase you They mm-hmm. don't tend to chase you What they would be doing is trying to get you away from them they're trying to scare you off, Mm -hmm. um, it will be if if they're feeling threatened, of course they're going to have a go at you. They want you to go away and the only way they know to get rid of you is to have a go at you because then they're going. So most cases when you feel, you know, if you're running and you think the snake's chasing you, it's probably more trying to get away because the vibration you're doing with your feet running the snake's probably just scared itself and trying to get away, so it's not really true that the snakes mm-hmm. will tend to chase you around areas and stuff like that, so, yeah.
0: Hey, Tammy, what about the old wives' tale, that if you have lizards around, there should be no snakes? Is that true?
3: No, definitely yeah. not, especially your venomous. A lot of your venomous snakes do eat your, like your frogs and lizards and stuff, but even your non-venomous pythons, they will eat lizards, so, yeah, generally, no. It is true where you hear if you've got black snakes, the red-bellied black snakes, it tends to keep your browns at bay because your red bellies will eat your brown snakes. Mm-hmm. But you still can have the, the both breeds sort of living in one area and... Um, But, yeah, your your black snakes will keep your browns at bay, but it's not going to sort of fully get rid of them. But, no, definitely if you've got lizards, there's a good chance you, you may have snakes. It depends on your environment. But, yeah, just because you've got lizards, don't think you're definitely not going to have a snake in your yard.
2: I know what one of the things that has worked in terms of protecting a yard are the snake repellers because they do work yep. on that vibration and that's yep, what the that snakes senses. feel. They feel that their their senses feel those vibrations coming through.
3: Yeah, basically to a snake, the vibration on the ground, it's a threat. They mm. don't know, you know, that it's just a human walking by. To them, it, it's a predator in their area And they're trying to protect their area because that's their space. So quite often, they don't realise you're just walking by. To them, you're threatening. They're feeling that vibration and it does threaten them. And that's why there is snake repellers, as you said, around. You can buy them at various places. And they are good because they do deter um, the only thing you do have to make sure you sort of locate them in the right spot mm. because it's like anything; they only cover a certain area. So you really need to sort of measure your yard or a certain area you want to try to keep the snakes out. But um, yeah, there are snake repellers and they can help. They're not they're wild animals, so it's not going to be a hundred percent guarantee. Mm. But they definitely do help a hell of a lot.
2: Tammy, if a snake is permanently residing in in the backyard. Where can we find information on who to call to take it out of our yard if it's not going out of our yard naturally?
3: You can call National Parks. They Mm -hmm. do have a list of licensed people that can come and and catch it and relocate it. Um, Also, Society of Frogs and Reptiles, we are not allowed to get venomous. Mm -hmm. But we do have contact details for venomous people that can come out and sort of collect. And they're fully licensed. They know how to do it correctly. They're not going to put you or, or you you know, themselves at risk because Mm -hmm. they know what they're doing. So, yeah, there is other avenues. Give give a couple of places a call. As I said, National Parks is your best one, if not ring so far, and we can give you the right numbers to help out.
2: Thank you very much for all that information, Tammy. That was great.
3: That's not, not a problem.
0: It's Pet Chat on 2NURFM, inviting your calls, 49216216, if you'd like to put a question to our vet or to Denny, 49216216 at 2NURFM. We've got a call for you now, Denny. Uh, sorry for you, David, it's uh, Annette. Hi, Annette, how are you going?
4: Oh, good afternoon to everyone. I'm um, ringing up in regards to um, a neighbour had a, a little peach face parrot. Yep. And their cat kept attacking it.
1: Oh, dear. Uh, oh.
4: I lost my budgie recently, so they have given it to me because they were just going to let it go, and I thought, you can't do that with a baby parrot. It's wrong. Mm. Um, I've got trill um, parrot food. Mm. Siggled on the net about giving it fruit and veggies. Won't eat them. Yep. But um, it's only a very young bird. Um, It's got the big white ring around its eyes with the red beak. It's a beautiful little bird, but I've always had budgies. And um, what I was wanting to know, I've you thought you never put little mirrors or anything. I put a mirror in this cage, and it's singing its head off to it. I'm just trying to determine what kind of sex this bird is, so I can give it a correct name. Uh. and what <laughs> is the trill uh, parrot food ample good enough for the bird?
1: Okay, well, look, I I can give you some names. I think would be things like Charlie, <laughs> Sammy.
4: Yeah, um, I called it Rosie.
1: I wasn't sure what it was. Yeah, so I think you could go with the gender non-specific names are probably safe. Um, Interestingly, uh, we do see some parrot species are what we call dimorphic. So that means that the colour patterns of the males and females are quite different. And the most spectacular example uh, known in Australia would be the eclectus in far north Queensland and even uh, there's a species in Papua New Guinea and the eclectus parrot, the male and the female, look like completely different birds, so much so that for many years they were thought to be completely different species. So you get these dimorphic birds and obviously they're really easy to sex based on that. Uh, But for a lot of birds we um, find that the colour changes are quite variable. They can be affected by the subspecies, by the environment they're raised in and by the diet. And you might find that the only way to properly sex them is with uh, either a proper examination by a trained person, veterinarian, or a very there are actually um, people who handle these species all the time. Or the other technique is feather DNA. And you, there are a couple of sites online you can go and get a kit sent to you and you send off a, uh, a feather that you pluck out and they'll be able to tell you what sex the bird is. But um, coming back to the food then, generally we would suggest that a seed diet is not going to be adequate. There are some limitations with seed. Mainly the things that we worry about is that um, we're getting an excess of fat in the diet. And so that's why it's quite tasty. And it might be pretty hard to encourage a bird that's used to eating seed to actually go on to a fruit and veggie diet. It's sort of like saying someone who's used to eating fast food, fatty food, and say, look, you really should be eating salads, and we're going to put in front of you, you know, this nice juicy hamburger or this nice green salad, and expecting them to have the self-control to go for the correct one. So what I would suggest is that we try and get off the seeds and move to a whole food, which uh, for a smaller parrot is going to be a crumble or a small pellet mix and they're actually designed to contain all the nutrition in the correct balance the correct things of fat and carbohydrate and protein and also things like vitamin A which we see problems with seed diets are deficient in so um, if you go with the pelleted food there are a couple of brands available and good pet stores and good avian veterinary hospitals will be able to supply you with those and advise you on what the best strategy is because it Going cold turkey from one to the other is often difficult.
4: It is. She she is actually. I'm saying she she's actually picking out the fine pellet, uh, not so much the sunflower seeds and the others. Yeah. Another thing I was wanted to know, if you don't mind, I ha- I had the oil, uh, the uh, worming uh, solution for the budgie, and I also had the powder for the the bird life. Is that okay to give to a parrot as well, and put on a parrot?
1: Yes, because a budgerigar is actually a small parrot, so um they're fine. And again, I'd be talking with a veterinarian or a, a pet store that's used to working with birds about what the correct frequency of those treatments is. Usually with lice and things like that, as long as you don't introduce new... uh You know, you could do one or two treatments early on, and then as long as you're not introducing other birds, it shouldn't be a big problem. The only other time I've seen a problem is where you might say go out and collect branches or flowers or something from the bush and it might be bringing in um, some parasitic species that way. But otherwise if the uh, cage if goes outside, sometimes wild birds can visit and sit on top of the cage and so you're best to actually make sure that the wild birds can't have access uh, to your bird's cage at the time so that we're not going to get a transfer of disease and as I said, go with the food. I would certainly work on about a three or four week period to try and gradually move over and just leave the seed in for about 15 minutes twice a day. And the rest of the time, make sure there's fresh fruit and veggies available and the palated food. And our next caller today is John. Hello, John.
5: Yeah, good afternoon, uh, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. No worries,
1: John. What can we do for you?
5: Just from the outset, I've got a 15-year-old kelpie. She's well-fed. She's on ID dog food, as you would understand. She got peridotitis last year. She had a severe stomach bug. Since she's been on the um, ID dog food, it's it's completely recovered, and she's got rid of the virus. A couple of thousand dollars later. However, um, at this time last year, when I was mulching the garden with um, um, cow manure and um, uh, chook manure, Mm-hmm. She was eating, uh, getting into the gardens around and eating that. Then she started, to eat, when that sort of finished, She uh, then this year she was eating um, cat droppings. Right, yep. Now I got rid of the cat, well not got rid of the cat, the cat doesn't come <laughs> in from next door so much now. Yes. Uh When I see it, I chase it. It's a lovely cat, but, uh, you know, I just don't want it to <laughs> leave us droppings in my yard. Now she's eating the uh, bird droppings. Mm um you know i don't i don't mm. want to get sick but she's you know you can she's a house dog but i can't be out in the yard watching her all day you yeah. know what i mean what's i don't mm. know what, I, is there some, something i could put around the yard around the trees to to uh deter her from uh, eating these uh, droppings as i said that she's on that id dog food yeah
4: um
5: but uh she's obviously must be lacking something but um
1: yeah, generally the prescription diets can be considered a, a whole diet, so they should be yeah, complete. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I guess the thing I would be asking the question, and, and you'd need to speak with your veterinarian about this, about long-term whether ID is the best food, and it may well be, particularly if we've had long-term sort of gut problems and absorption of nutrients, because oftentimes we find older dogs do better with a, slight, with a higher fibre diet and whether or not that's related to the behaviour, I'm thinking it's probably not, but um, obviously it's an annoying behaviour. I can't think of anything offhand that's going to make that easier for you um, in terms of reducing the frequency of it, but uh, there are other behavioural strategies that you can use to provide you know, things that she can chew on. And I would even... If we're talking along the lines of things like Kongs and stuff like that, I think you have to add in something that's going to be really attractive and tasty, like some meat in it might be useful, maybe some Vegemite, and that's a very sort of pungent flavour that they can really get their teeth into, rather than her being attracted to the droppings of every uh, creature that wanders into the yard. So
0: We've got a call now for Denny. It's Don joining us on
2: the line. Hi, Don. G'day, how's it going? Good, what can I do for you? I've
5: just seen the Bunnings uh, look for the snake vibrators, and they, they don't know what I'm talking about. Do I got to go to Naughty an and Nice to get them or where can you get
2: them at? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> look, um, what if um, we put you on hold and, and we can talk to you and give you those what? details um, uh, Yeah, while you're on hold and I'll talk to you off air.
1: So, Danny, I remember um, last year, and I think even the year before, when we talked about snake repellers, mm. um, generally they're sold through pet stores. Yes. But... Um, there is a lot of information about them online i As well,
2: there is it it also. It's sort of not you want when it's being sold, you want to explain how they work and how they need to be set up. Because if you don't set them up correctly Mm. around a yard, they're not going to be as effective as they could be. Mm. So that's why they're not sold in operations where you don't get much information, where you're not getting the education as well. Yeah, you don't just buy them off the shelf. So that's that. Yeah, all right. We're
0: taking your calls 49216216 for pet chat at 2NURFM 103.7. But we continue with your calls now for Pet Chat, and we've got a call right now for our vet, Dr. David Tabrett. We've got Sue with us.
1: Hi, Sue. What can we do uh, for you?
6: Yes, good morning. Um, my dog is losing hair around one of his eyes. He's mm. a um, just under three years old Jack Russell Terrier.
4: Mm-hmm. He's
6: got no pigmentation in the right eye. He's got a patch over his left eye. His name's Patch. Yep. And um, on his right eye, we've spoken to the vet about because sometimes he gets sunburnt around the eye Mm -hmm. and um, the only change we've had is we've recently got a new puppy and they've moved in together. They do play fight quite a bit and the other puppy has been, you know, biting around his face and they play together and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But I'm just wondering if he might have um, a mite infection Around the eye, because um he is starting to lose this hair,
4: yep. Yep. in
6: a sort of significant way
1: is has the puppy got any patches of hair loss?
6: no, it, the puppy that we've had her for about a month, and she doesn't seem to mm she's got quite a thick coat, she's a cross poodle.
1: yep, and do they sleep together, or they yeah, they share the same mm-hmm. dog bed mm. mm-hmm. maybe okay. there's a product Denny would have for that but. No, well, I, I'm I'm thinking I I'm going to have it has a guess. I think I think Sue's on the right track. I think uh, I'd be concerned about mite, and uh, particularly demodex often shows up in these areas. Now, the reason I ask about them being close together, demodex actually lives really deep in the hair follicles. It's actually like this cigar-shaped uh, organism, uh, and uh, it burrows down into the hair follicles. A long and cylindrical microscopic uh, bug. Yeah. But, um, what, uh, what can happen is twofold. One is, if the puppy has had the mite and it's coming in there, they have to actually be really close together for it to spread from one to the other. Mm. Or, more likely, is that your dog actually has had the mite in its system for a long period of time,
6: mm.
1: coexisting quite well, and then the puppy comes in, there's a little, that creates a degree of stress in your dog, enough, yeah. enough to allow The balance between your dog's immune Immune. patch, uh, immune system and, uh, the, the balance of the population of mites. And so you might get this increase in the mite population. And very often the first place we see a problem is around the eyes. Yes. So it is certainly worth investigating for that. And the simple test is we, we do a skin scrape where we actually. Just squeeze the skin a little bit because they're living deep in the hair follicles. And then using a sharp blade, we scrape across the surface of the skin until the point where we just start to get a little bit of ooze of blood through the skin, okay? Because it has to be pretty deep. And then we'll have a look at that under the microscope. And we can see these little creatures crawling around. And then the question is, do you treat it or not? Because if it's simply a factor of a stress response, it may well just simply go away, you know, after another month alternatively you can actually have some treatment to see if we
2: can get rid of it
1: all righty thank you for your call there pet chat today uh now i need to ask denny
0: while he's here denny is there any pet shows on this weekend that we know of there
2: is a pet show on this weekend at hillsborough dog showgrounds so that's uh, your normal dog show so all the general
0: breed breeds,
2: general breeds all your pro breeds are there on show ready to have a look at if you're interested
0: And uh, before we go too much further, David, you wanted to add anything else into our conversation we've had today about snakes?
1: Oh, look, yeah, I mentioned about uh, snakes and we are seeing them out and about. So don't be, um, you know, believing that, oh, it's only in summer. They certainly do come out. And at the start or the early part of the season, they're a bit more active because they need to go out and get some food. So any time you're walking your pet near... Uh, scrubby areas or bush trails, and um, you know we've got some wonderful walking areas around Newcastle, just be on the lookout for the possibility of snakes if your dog runs off and comes back. Now, the problem we have seen, the last one we saw was an animal that actually went away, came back, seemed a bit off colour, and it was like eight hours later that it actually started to get sick. Mm. And we can't rule out snake bite just because... They don't look that bad. In fact, some pets, when they get bitten by a snake, they will collapse and then seemingly recover. They're actually the worst uh, possible cases. So Mm. in those circumstances, you need to seek veterinary attention very early because um, obviously the earlier we can treat them with antivenom, the better.
2: And if you do look at getting a snake repeller to help protect your yard, the first thing you need to do before you buy it is measure the distance of your yard because they, they, they need to be spaced 30 metres apart. Mm. So measure the distance so you can work out how many you need. Yeah, that's one important question that we always get
0: Alrighty, some good stuff there. Very interesting to, to look at snakes uh, this time of the year. It's, it's that time they're going to start coming back out again. So, yeah, very interesting one. So thank you, boys. We're almost thank out you. of time.
2: No Let's worries. with
0: us next week?
1: Um, I think we'll have uh, Dr. Bob. Okay. But, um, Either
0: way, we'll have a vet here taking your calls on 49216216. Thank you, David. No worries. Thank you to Denny Boz. Thank you. Back with us again next week with Pet Chat here at 2NURFM. A weather update for our sponsor, Hunter Motor Group, Maitland, for Subaru, Volkswagen, Honda, and Isuzu Ute. And a sunny day remaining that way, remaining lovely today. I hope you're making the most of it. We've got that 22 degrees on the cards for us on the coast, 25 inland. And sunny conditions ahead again for tomorrow. Start making some nice plans for Thursday. At the moment... 21 degrees at Beresfield. John Farnham from Whispering Jack. Two in RFM. 103.7.